All right, everyone, welcome to the Above Average Football Fan Podcast for above average football fans and below average football fans who want to learn more about the game, or if you're a football junkie, this is the podcast for you. We're glad you're here, and we hope you enjoy it. All right, so we're here for episode six with Savelle Newton, talk a little football, a little mental health. Savelle, thanks for being here. Oh, man, I appreciate you for having me. Good deal. So um, most of our listeners probably know this, but you played at Marvel County uh, back in the day, and uh, you were a quarterback there. Did you play any other positions on the football team or mostly quarterback? I pretty much uh, I played quarterback, and um, I was actually the punter. Ah, nice. There <laughs> was, you go. I was the punter, and um, uh, sometimes when we played against a team that that coach, he felt that was, uh, you know, going to be a little bit challenging or anything, he would use me on, um, on defense. But other than that, I just, I just strictly was the quarterback. Gotcha. And you, you were a multi-sport guy, though. You played other sports than just football. Yeah, um, I played, I played basketball. Uh, we won the state championship um, in basketball. Um, also, I played baseball. I played baseball one year, which actually was my favorite sport. But um, I got hit with the ball too many times. Um, <laughs> I ran track. I ran track. Uh, ran track. A letter than track. Also, and um, that was pretty much pretty much my um, college. What I wanted to do in college: run track and play baseball. But I ended up playing football for some odd reason. I got you. I mean, so, I mean, you know, sometimes things work out different than you anticipate. I guess. And uh, yes, sir. So growing up, I mean, you know, it sounds like you were a big baseball, fa- you know, player. And you know, do you, what, who's your favorite athlete growing up? Uh, I would have to say uh, I used to love David Justice. Nice. Um, and of course, Michael Jordan was everyone's my my, my age uh, favorite athlete. So I didn't want to sound too uh, too cliche on the Michael Jordan because everybody loves him. Yeah, you don't have to worry about that. You and I are around the same age, man, and uh, I'm definitely a Jordan guy. Uh, David Justice was one of my favorite uh, Braves players as well, so we got both those things in common. So talk to me a little bit when you were playing in high school at the, at the quarterback position. You know, this shows a little bit for folks that know a little bit of football. So when you were, uh, you know, when you were playing quarterback in high school, what was, what was your progressions like? Were you looking to one side of the field? Were you well, one read and, and use your legs? What, what were you being taught at the high school? school level well at, at the high school level um pretty much when i first when i first um became the starting quarterback my brother was a starting quarterback before me mm-hmm. um and then when i took over we were we were running at the time we was running a high formation you know um that was pretty much what it is most teams are either running some some form of single back or the eye no not too many teams were were uh in a spread offense yet right um, so um, once once I started, once I got to my soft, the end of my sophomore year, we threw we had a little bit of shotgun package in, not too much. But my junior year, we was 100 percent spread. I think my coaches had went to a coaching clinic um, at Clemson and they brought back all these tapes because Woodrow Dantzler was the quarterback at the time at Clemson. And they said, we think that you can be just as good as Woodrow. Me, and he, he and I had this conversation before. But, um, yeah, so we pretty much put installed the whole Clemson offense 
um, in, in Marlboro and pretty much as far as reads and progressions, I learned how to read the, um, the whole field. I became a better passer other than just kind of like a, a hand the ball off and just kind of just drop back and just throw it as far as I can because I had to, um, Tommy Zimmerman on my team at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. All right. That makes sense. So y'all moved more to that, uh, Clemson style with Woodrow Dantzler. And I guess that had been Rich Rod's, uh, type offense there, a little bit of zone read and, and spread offense. Oh yeah, oh yeah, definitely zone read. We we pretty much uh, we we hit a lot of teams that wasn't prepared for it. Um, even even across the border, when you go into went to North Carolina, um, where you had Chris Leak, which he was the number th- three quarterback in the nation coming out at that time, and I was number five uh, right here in South Carolina. He he was still running uh, running pretty much of a drop back uh, pass offense at Independence when he was playing for Tommy Knotts. Gotcha. Okay. All right. So let's talk a little recruiting. Um, obviously, we uh, you know most anybody who's listening to this is going to know you ended up at South Carolina. But uh, who else were kind of your big uh, suitors? Who else was pursuing you real hard? Well, most most don't know the story. I, my first school I committed with committed to was Auburn, okay. Auburn University. At the time, Tom Tuberville was the coach. Um, the only reason why I probably didn't end up at Auburn is because uh, I went on an unofficial visit. Um, with with uh, I took a, I brought along a few of my teammates. They trailed along, um, and when I went on the unofficial visit, there uh, there they uh, one of my teammates. He and I both had a uh, long hair at the time, and I was wondering why why they was being more paying more attention to him. I was like, okay, well maybe they want to recruit him because he's a senior. But the whole time they thought that he was me. And when when coach them called him into the office, they was like, okay, come in, Seville. They thought they was looking at him, talking to him, and then he finally looked and said, no, that's Seville over there. So that was the end of that story. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> so, so um, then I really wanted to go to University of Southern Cal. You the, uh, the other USC, mm-hmm. um, you know, I really wanted to go there. Uh, they didn't. They didn't offer me as a quarterback. Pretty much was wanted, wanted to bring me in as an athlete. And the only thing that I was pretty much sold on going going there. And then um, I think that next week they end up uh, offering Chris Leak um, a scholarship. So I was like, oh well, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. basically they were saying that guy's better than me, which I didn't believe. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the time, you know, I was kind of a little hothead being the number five quarterback. Mm-hmm. And then um, I committed to UCLA. Then their whole coaching staff got fired the same week. Mm. So that left me with <laughs> Clemson and Carolina. Right. Um, well, I mean, I could have went to other schools, but I, re- I, I really didn't know anything about recruiting. I didn't know anything about colleges. I know my brother went through the process when he ended up at Furman. But um, when you think about coming from a place like Wallace, South Carolina, um, you growing up on the back roads. Uh, the town don't really have don't have any fast food, grocery stores, or anything like that. It's just all country back road with fields. Everything you grew, you 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 know you ate. What was living, what you raised, you ate. So it was not you know a whole lot to look forward to as far as recruiting. So I um, you know going to other schools wasn't really at the top of my list. So I ended up with Clemson and Carolina, which um, Clemson was actually my um, pretty much the favorite the whole time because we ran that offense. And, you know, Woodrow, Woodrow was there. And then um, Charlie Whitehurst took over at the time. So I, I just kind of knew I was going to Clemson. But then once I went on the visit, I didn't really like 
the the whole atmosphere there. I didn't think it was was you know was for me. Like um, when I came to Carolina on my official visit, it was more the players were more friendly, more welcoming. Um, so that's kind of how I end up at South Carolina. I got you. Okay, that makes sense. All right, so you get to Carolina. Um, you know, uh, you're you're one of the guys I, I've also talked to um, Andy Boyd. You're one of that group that played for both Lou Holtz and Steve Spurrier. And oh, yeah. so when you get there, um, you know, you're playing for Coach Holtz and you're, and you're running Skip Holtz's offense, you know, which was very much a spread attack early on there. Your freshman year, you played a little bit more wide receiver, but then sophomore year, you were primarily quarterback. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So my freshman year, what happened? What happened was we had two scrimmages, and those two scrimmages, I had two long runs, um, two very long runs, and uh, you know, coach that time, Don Don Pinkins was the starting quarterback. I think they had brought in brought in a guy, uh, Mike Raft. He was. They, they labeled him to compete for the starting position. So it was more like, okay, I'm just a freshman. But I'm, you know, so they were saying, oh, well, you can help us, help us this year and get on the field quickly if you played wide receiver. So, you know, I made the switch. I made the switch. It was something I didn't want to do, but I ended up making the switch anyways. And, um, you know, moved back my sophomore year, which my sophomore year, like you said, it was spread. And, and then Lou tried to, you know, kind of take over that last mm-hmm. year. <laughs> we went back up on the center heavy. Right. So it was kind of like a, a big mess that, that sophomore year. Yeah, that's yeah. I remember all that. Um, I remember all that because, I mean, you know, when when Phil Petty was was playing for Carolina and under that Skip Holtz offense, it was it was that spread attack. And uh, then we moved. Yeah. What towards the end there, we were even had some three back sets and stuff like that and so yeah it was it was it was it was so confusing i think and i think it was because you know that year we had we had probably four four to five running backs that probably could have started at other sec schools um you know we had demetrius summers we had Corey boyd um we had dacus terman we had um we who else we had we had kenny irons which right. ended up which ended up transferring to auburn to being one of the top running backs in the country you know so we had a a, a whole um you know backfill of, of of straight starting running backs and i think that was more the thing um that that lou wanted to to emphasize all as far as getting us back into the run game which you know, it was not good for the, the receivers we had with Troy Williamson and, and Matthew Thomas. And we had a lot of guys that could make plays like Noah Whiteside. It just became a big mess. Right. Yeah, it kind of became a we're not sure what we want to do. And then when you're not sure what you want to do, it, nothing's going to go well. You know, and it sounds like you had got people pulling it in different directions, you know, wanted to pass it, wanted to run it. And then all of a sudden you got, you know, just gets mixed up. So you get Coach Spurrier in. Obviously, you know, you would have known him and I knew him from Florida and the fun and gun and all that stuff. So you had to be excited about that, thinking, OK, here, here we go. We're going to get a chance to throw the ball a little bit more. Yeah, well, that's that's what I thought at first. You know, um, when when they made the first made the announcement that Coach Spurry was going to be the quarterback, and like you said, just knowing knowing a little bit about Florida, I think one of my first my first ever uh, Carolina games was probably um, was the actual blackout blackout okay. game that we, that they played Florida. 
in, in that game. So that's how I remembered, you know, the Florida Gators and seeing a lot of things, a lot of great things that he did, a lot of great players that that he coached over the years there. And so when when I when they made the announcement, I was super 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 excited because you know I'm thinking, you know, like okay, we about we about finna we about finna go you know destroy people because we about to be running this high powered offense. Well, I'm about to be running the high powered right. offense because I. I was a starting quarterback, you know, that last Clemson game and the, 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 the few games before that. So um, so I really thought that things were about to, to change for, you know, myself and the offense and until, you know, my first actual meeting with Coach Perry. <laughs> and things, you, you ended up being back at wide receiver um, a good bit during the, the, that time. Well, no, it wasn't a good bit. It was the whole time. The whole time. Our first, our first conversation. He told me. He told me right then and there that that uh, that I was moving. He didn't. You know, we had spring practice. I didn't get a chance to go in and compete for the starting job. He just he named Blake the starting quarterback. Told me that Blake was going to be the quarterback and didn't really give me an option or give me you know give me an opportunity. Okay. It was you know it wasn't. It was you know he actually told me I could transfer if I wanted to. <laughs> oh wow. Okay. All right. Well, I, yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know that it was that clear cut for you, but um, you know, you stuck around and, and played played wide receiver, and you even had some time at running back. That that would have been your junior year, right? Yeah, my junior my junior year. You know, that's that's the time when we played Kentucky, and we installed and we installed what we what he called um, that was the game that uh, you know we weren't really doing a whole lot on offense, um, and um, he. he that called me in that that practice, that one practice I think was money. He was like, Seville, get in here, throw some passes and I was like, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So so I, he he put me in and then, you know, I I was hitting everybody, um and everybody was like, Dang, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. why why you know, why he ain't the quarterback and then um that next day they had for that week the Wildcat package. Wildcat right. Because we were playing Kentucky Wildcats, which you know, um, I, I know they got the write-up on it on a couple of things about me actually being debatable whether I was the first person to actually run the Wildcat, which I still say I am because I'm gonna take I'm gonna take complete ownership of that. But um, yeah, we so we ran that offense, and that's kind of how you know I would motion in from quarterback. I mean, from wide receiver to quarterback, or from from there to running back, and then we kind of perfected it that next week against uh, Vanderbilt, which I threw two touchdown passes. Um, you know, um, and I ran one, and that one, unfortunately, that I ran, that's when I ruptured my Achilles. Yeah. So you know, um, and then the offense just that that offense kind of blew up with other teams, like you know that time the Miami Dolphins and the um, Arkansas Razorbacks, where they had the three headed monster to do the same thing. So it's kind of like um, you know. I don't get any credit for it, but definitely, definitely, you know, arguably could have been the first person to actually do that style of offense. Well, yeah, I mean, it makes sense. It's the it's called the Wildcat. We were playing the Kentucky Wildcats. I remember that game. I remember the Vanderbilt game when you got hurt because you were having you were having an amazing game that that night. And uh, you know, I remember yeah, I remember all of that. And I remember when you got hurt, just being crushed because you were having such a good game. You you really found a rhythm and were looking really good. Um, and and you know that was tough. And uh, you know we all. 
as as fans in the stands hated seeing that and I know it had to be much harder on you than it was on us obviously so you know let's switch gears here you know I wanted to talk a little ball with you but I also wanted to talk what kind of connected us was we were going to talk a little bit about mental health and what you're doing right now and I think what you're doing right now is some great stuff you have your organization um BU for you tell us a little bit about that uh, well, basically, what BU for, BU for You stands for um, is is exactly what it says. Uh, BU for You is just saying be yourselves, and and the main thing that follows that is love yourself. Um, is that's where the that's where the, it, it came from. Um, it, it's pretty a self love uh, self love business that I, I started to be able to go out and tell my story basically of how I, you know, arrived to where I am now from, from fighting, uh, you know, out being, you know, dealing with alcohol and dealing with, um, you know, anger, anger, anger management, dealing with, um, you know, being, being very suicidal at, at, at a, at a wow. huge point of my life, twice in my life. So, you know, anxiety and depression was very big. So now, you know, what, what this, what this company is, is for is not for no, any type of uh, publicity or anything It's really to, um, create an atmosphere and a, a bring awareness to mental, mental health, mental health. So those who are struggling know that their you know, their silence, you know, it gives them a, it gives them an opportunity to have a voice in everything that they're dealing with instead of just ha- feeling like they got to go through it alone. And I feel as long as some, someone like myself or you see, I, you know, I, I commend Hayden Hurst and mm-hmm. and uh, Ryan. Me and Ryan hit it. Uh, Ryan Haleski, we hit it off as soon as he got to town because of of of, of you know what he he and his family had to uh, go through with their brother uh, with the Haleski Hope uh, Foundation. So it, it's just it's just the same thing, pretty much similar to those um, organizations. Except um, you know, I'm I'm doing things on my own. I haven't really had a whole lot of help. Um, and, and so I'm just trying to bring awareness to it. Right. And it's, I mean, I think the biggest thing that you and Hayden and Ryan and, and guys like y'all are doing that's great is is letting folks know, particularly guys, it, it's okay to have this conversation. It's okay to say I need help. It's okay I need to talk to somebody because I think you know, and I'm I'm not trying to make it a gender thing, but for guys, I think sometimes it's harder to say, hey, I'm dealing with some anxiety, I'm dealing with some depression, and we're kind of taught not to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, as as a you're right. As a as a um, you know, as a guy, you you would think that we are supposed to be stronger. We're we're not supposed to cry. Mm-hmm. We're supposed to um, you know lead and and not be followers as much. Um, and we're 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 called upon to be protectors. So you know when we show forms of weaknesses and things like that, it's 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 kind of like we put ourselves in a in, in a place to where where we we deal with things in darkness and we deal with things behind behind the mask that we don't that we don't get to actually show our hurt show our pain in anything that we do so you know guys they 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 put on a a major show um it's 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 almost like the movie joker you don't it's like you become something else Mm -hmm. just to try to show that you're not that you're not dealing with something and and that normally ends up where you become very depressed you become very suicidal and sometimes you know and with with males males have a very 
very, very higher uh, completion as far as going through with with uh, suicide than than actually than actually women. So um, it, it's it's just one of those things with society. Societies, you know, kind of takes the, the 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 masculinity out of things. And but we we're standing up to show, hey, we're football players, mm-hmm. but right. um, or we're, we're athletes. Yes, we can run. Yes, we can jump. Yes, we can do a lot of things. We can have the big muscles and all these things, but. Even in the midst of, of 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 being so strong, there's so many so many ways in in our minds and in our hearts that in our spirit being spiritually broken that we that we we are torn down on the inside. Absolutely, and I mean you know just in my my personal life um, coming up in about two ish weeks, March 11th will be two years that that we lost my mom to cancer, and um, after a two year battle, and it was yeah, it was very hard on me, and uh, my mom was my balance a lot of times, and I was you know you know how many times have you heard a football coach or any coach for that matter? This isn't just a football thing. This is athletics, both boys and girls talking about being mentally tough, talking about being strong. So you know it was hard it took it took that happening in my life for me to start to look at my own mental health and and do things and and talk to people and and have those conversations and so you know I, i think it's great that guys like yourself and and hayden and football players tough athletes saying hey man i i dealt with some some really dark times and I needed, I needed somebody to support me and I needed to be able to talk. And I think showing, Hey, that's okay. Take, like you said, taking the masculinity out of it, taking the man, I can't show weakness out of it. Cause I mean, you got to have help just like anybody else. Yeah. Well, you know, that, that was big for me. Um, once I got to a space where, um, I saw that I needed help Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it was it was kind of like I, I would go to uh, maybe go to some of my family members or go to some of my friends and kind of tell them some of the things that I was experienced because, you know, like I said, going through as we done talk, we done spoke about going through going through high school and and, and being, you know, highly, highly recruited. Uh, you know, always on the state paper, always in, in the midst of the news, and you have friends and things, and your family and things. They look up to you, you know, to be that that person that that kind of you know gives everybody you know kind of relief, good times, and things like that. But you know, you don't really get to show them show them some of the things that you're going through. And my biggest thing that I was going through at the time, you know, I dealt with. I definitely have dealt with having so much success as, as a football player, and knowing knowing that you know in a, the NFL was my my destination, and to to not actually being able to get there because of of, of injuries and 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 you know it was it was very kind of it was very rough for me at that time because you know my brother had made it to the NFL and I always thought I was so much better than him and everything. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, that was, so that was just one of the things. Um, so, you know, I just, and he would always tell me, Hey man, my coaches, my coaches, they don't do nothing but talk about you all the time. And he was that, at that time he was with the Falcons and, and Mike Vick was the quarterback at right. the time. So, um, you know, I just knew that I was going to the NFL. I never really, you know, gave academics the, the respect that I should have gave it, you know, given it at the time. Um, it was all about football. So once that didn't happen, you know, I kind of, it kind of like, it kind of like I lost myself, and I didn't have anyone there to pull me up. Right. So once I got to like that rock bottom, it, it was like I needed help. I needed help, and I, um, 
I got the help that I needed um, through through you know going through the AA meetings, going through the anger management meetings, sitting sitting with a counselor twice a day, sitting on the couch, you know, all the things that you can see. So all the therapy that people call weak or they call like like how could you? You're not a man or whatever whatever they say is is I have so much respect for all the counselors and the, the life coaches out there, which I'm now certified as a life coach and have a um, certification in mental health awareness. Um, so, you know, I've got so much respect for everyone who's out here, um, you know, school counselors and, and, and just that's going out to social workers who are going out in their communities and seeking seeking to uh, get into some of these communities and, and giving them out, giving people an outlet so they can actually you know, um, really be you for you and be themselves and find self-love for themselves. Yeah, I mean, I, again, I think that's a huge message. I think, you know, the to do what you're doing to try and help folks to to realize, hey, it's okay. You don't got to get to rock bottom. You don't got to do it by yourself. It doesn't make you weak to talk to a counselor. It doesn't make you weak to get help. is is such a great message, and and I'm glad you're getting it out there. You know, how can if somebody's listening to this and they wanted to connect with you or or, or find out more about BU for you, how could they do that? Well, they can go. Um, they can go to uh, social media, and um, they can find me on on uh, Twitter, Instagram, or, or or Facebook. It's Savelle Newton. It's just my name, you know, Savelle Newton. Just as you would um, find it anywhere else. Um, we do have a uh, we do have an Instagram right now, which we're finishing finalizing up a, a website to actually uh, release next uh, next month. Uh, but right now you can find us on um, Instagram. It's, uh, it says just be you for you. So you can definitely go there and connect with us. Um, we, we have uh, some merchandise right now that, that, that is not, it's not necessary. It's not to make money, but it's, it's, it's to actually get the message clear. So we have t-shirts and different things where people can run and on the on the front of the the t-shirt it says be you for you and on the back of it it says love yourself so so you know when you're standing at um the gas pump and someone standing behind you can see love yourself because you never know (laughs) you never know that that person that that's standing behind you could be could be running away from a domestic you know domestic um violence relationship to where they at their rocks bottom and they don't know where to go but they're trying to escape and they can just tell somebody to love yourself so you never know what type of people is going to hit so that's why I'm so strong about what I'm doing and my team um, that we we have at the gym um, I have a gym um, right now um, thankful for uh, the partnerships and those who saw saw the vision to help me get that open um, it's just be for you trim it's uh, just be for you trim fit um, we're right here on the northeast side of columbia so um it's deeper than fitness with us always so we we just doing a whole lot of things in the columbia area and i know we just getting started um the pandemic kind of took a a hit on everything the plans that we had to go into last year but this year we're we're still going to fight because people are even struggling even more right now with all the things that's going on you're exactly right covid19 the pandemic being on quarantine and, and shutting down and not having that social interaction has impacted everybody and and made mental health an even 
bigger concern in our country. And it's such a difficult balance to to keep people safe medically, but also have that mental health awareness. Um, Savelle, man, I really appreciate you being here. You know, when when we put this episode out to our folks listening, we'll we'll, we'll tag Savelle and everything. So if you are interested in bringing Savelle into your school or your organization to talk to your group or find out more about what he's doing, find out more about his personal training, find out more about his message, uh, we'll be able to connect everybody there. Uh, Savelle, last question for you. We're going to switch back to football real quick. This is the question I like to, to ask everybody who I talk to, all right? So we like to we like to call this the slightly above average football fan podcast. So the other side of that, you're sitting at a game at Williams-Brice or at a high school game or watching a game with somebody, and they're yelling something at the game or at the TV or out of the stands, and you're going, man, that that is not it. You do not know yeah. what you're talking about. What's yes. that person saying that makes you think that? What's 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 something you hear and you're like, what are you even talking about? <laughs> well, it was crazy. Um, um, you say that because I, I did I did football the football broadcast here in the Midlands with um, with Corey Miller on um, Watch Fox News, where I was with them for for a couple of years doing that. And you would always hear you would always hear the um, the fans. One of the main things they would think they playing a video game, and they think it, it'll be fourth, it'll be fourth in forever. Right. And it's like, oh, the coach is stupid. Why didn't you go for it? Right. And uh, you know, and I'm just sit, sit, I sit there sometimes, and, and I just sometimes I would say something, sometimes I want. I'm like, why do you think you didn't go for it? It's fourth and fifteen. Like, I mean, and and your and, you, and your team runs the triple option. What what are they gonna get? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, What's yeah, the yeah. It's a bunch of dumb it's a bunch of dumb things and, and that's why coaching high school football was was kind of difficult for me, um, you know, for a second because I'm I used to coach with a bunch of a bunch of guys that, that sometimes didn't really know how to coach or what they were coaching and I I would just get upset and, and pretty much not be able to to do anything and i'll just just check out i got you well again uh, i hear you on that going you know hearing the fans yell go for it on fourth and 17 inside, <laughs> inside your own territory down 10 you know let's go ahead and make that situation worse and try to get a first down out of an impossible situation uh savelle again man thanks so much for being here folks that are listening uh i hope you enjoyed what you heard hope you learned some things if you like what you heard subscribe to the podcast rate and review us and uh we'll see you again next time